there are some questions that are not really meant to be answered. I've asked this question probably 50 times already this morning. And I have been asked this question about 50 times. It's the question, how are you? We ask it, and we are asked of it, and I suspect that we would be horrified if anyone took the trouble to answer the question fully and completely. I have this recurring nightmare that I'm going to ask that question one of these days, and the reply will include the recitation of the first 500 pages of Merck's Manual of Medical Information. I suspect in asking, how are you, what we really want is an innocuous reply so that we can move on from there to either a more interesting subject or maybe even a more interesting person. There's another question that bugs me. It's a different kind of question. It's a question that demands an answer, requires an explanation, expects even a defense or an apology. It is the question that the caterpillar, sitting on his toadstool, asks of that precocious and self-contained Alice. The caterpillar's question was, who are you? The problem with the question, who are you, is that we suspect that the questioner already knows the answer and doesn't like it or doesn't believe it. And so we answer the question. I'm a doctor, teacher, parent, student, lineman, bartender, or retired something or other. In other words, we answer the question based on what we are doing or what we did or what others think we are doing or thought we did. We are convinced that what we are doing or what we have done is what defines us. One of the recurring dilemmas for people who define themselves in this way by what they do or have done is what happens when they no longer do what defines them. This is not only a problem for those 65 and older. It can even happen to the young. I recall a graduate student coming to see me some years ago. He was 32 years of age, and he was about to get his PhD. He told me, if I'm not a student, the only thing I'm conscious of being and doing for the past 27 years, then who am I? Who are you? There's another way to respond to the question. We know perfectly well who we are. The problem is, do others know who we really are? The Reverend Jesse Jackson once commented that the greatest cause of social decay in America was a lack of self-worth, a lack of identity worth respecting, a lack of self-respect, self-dignity that comes from knowing who we really are. Consequently, we embrace the circumstances that surround our lives, and we allow these circumstances to define us. I am a pregnant, unwed teenager. I am a victim of abuse. 
I'm an unemployed graduate student. I'm trapped in a hopeless and loveless marriage. I have more pains than Carter has pills. If we define ourselves this way, it's a form of hell. For it is hell being defined by your circumstances and believing that the circumstances are the totality of who you are. To those teenagers caught in that depressing self-definition, Jesse Jackson called them to repeat, I am somebody. He urged them to continue, I affirm, I affirm that I'm more than what others make me. I affirm that I am more than what others expect or do not expect of me. I affirm that I am more than the sum of my circumstances and my history. Surely, I am what I do or have done, in part. And I am where I come from, in part. And I am what others see and expect of me, in part. It's true for me, and it's true for you. But here's the good news. The good news is that there is more to it, and therefore there's more to you and to me than that. We are more than the parts. I'm someone of worth because I'm made in the image of God who does not make junk. I come from somewhere. I am somebody because I come from somebody. And I am what I aspire to be. I'm a child of expectations, which means as a follower of Jesus Christ, I aspire to fullness and wholeness of joy. I am, you are, more than the parts. <clears throat> Who are you? For us Christians, it begins with, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a work in progress. I am a pilgrim. The purpose of my life is the purpose and praise of God. For I am formed by God nourished by God's love, preserved by his mercy, forgiven to be a forgiver, reconciled to be a reconciler. And for all of that and more, we praise God. Or as the letter to the Hebrews summarized it this morning, we who first hoped in Christ have been destined and appointed to live for the praise of his glory. Amen.